a good fight for the Mavs there. That's a, that was an awful game, but it was enjoyable to watch fourth quarter. So, Anytime you can pull out a win on the uh, against those mighty Bobcats, you got to feel good about well, that. Ladies and gentlemen, all right, all right, all right. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad uh, About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk about movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and then we break it down for our chosen movie of the week. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show to catch our weekly recommends, and make sure you follow us all on Twitter, email the show, and go to Mad About Movies podcast website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Brian, this week's movie of the week is... This week we're going to be talking about Dallas Buyers Club. You treating these people? I don't treat myself. I ain't selling drugs. I'm selling membership. Walker, Dorset, these are patients? Yes, sir. They're also the names of players on the Dallas Cowboys. That's a hell of a coincidence. The year of McConaughey continues, I guess. Dude, 2013, the year of McConaughey, all right. And uh, he's getting great reviews for Wolf of Wall Street. But, man, it's going to be good to talk about this one. A lot of good performances and uh, definitely a lot of things to talk about. That happened in the film, so we'll break that down a little bit later. Uh, but where do we begin, guys? Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. I'm going to let you guys take over the first little part of movie news. Uh, we gotta. I guess we got to start with the bummer, the, the worst news of the year, just about, with... Uh, with the death of one Paul Walker, everybody knows, if you're a listener, if you've listened to one podcast of ours, you know that we are huge Fast and Furious fans, and uh, so uh, Richard Richard started the text messaging on Saturday night. Usually, I feel like I'm pretty well informed, but I had my phone off for a couple of hours, and... Uh, but got got the text message, and, and we, had a, we had a nice little discussion about what a bummer this is, so... Paul Walker, dead at 40, man. That's just, it's tough. It's a tough thing. And, uh, you know, this is a very sad thing. And we can and we can talk about his legacy here in a minute. But I'm going to start this off with a little humor uh, with my particular legacy. Uh, I went back and counted 26. <laughs> what do you think that number is? A uh, number of times you've watched Fast and Furious Five. Oh, better. Twenty six was the number of uh, people that texted me to make sure I was okay. <laughs> well, first of all, how I knew this was a real story was because y'all weren't the first person to text me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it's got to be real. I knew you guys would would uh, I know. eventually do it. But yeah, my I was at a football game and my phone died literally immediately after you texted me because so many people were texting me. It, drain my yeah. battery immediately and yeah. I didn't get home for another three or four hours and turn on my phone. I had 25 text messages about, yeah. So you had 26. That's yeah. You, yeah. you slightly beat me on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, I, I had the my, exact same experience. I mean, I had slightly less than you guys did, but it was the same thing. It was just, my phone just blew up. My wife and I were, 
uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we like put up, you know, the Christmas decorations and all that stuff, like really lame married stuff. And so, I mean, part of the bit is turn off phones, you know, just be there, you know, instead of just constantly, uh, fooling around on Twitter and stuff. And I couldn't do it because my phone was just exploding with people like half joking and half like, Hey man, like, are you, are you okay? Like really concerned that about my well being because of this. So, yeah. Yeah. It was ironically like I got twice as many probably messages about Paul Walker than I did Steve jobs, Roger Ebert. (laughs) Yeah. And those, those two guys are probably my biggest idols in life. Uh, besides, you know, family and, and, and other people, but man, who would have thought, man, this is just, it's such a, it's, I don't even believe it yet. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's so sudden and we just reviewed, you know, fast six this past summer, which was, you know, you can go back and listen to that if you want to, if you want all our thoughts, but, um, fast seven is in production now, or, or can we, can you talk about that a little bit, Brian, or what the deal is with fast seven? Yeah. So production that that's going to be the, the interesting thing with this, because, uh, I was under the impression that they were in post-production that they'd film, they'd finished filming, but that wasn't the yeah. case. They were on a, a break when, when, uh, Mr. Walker died. And so, um, the original, what they came out and said originally was that, uh, they would, it would be delayed, but that they would still be releasing it. And then just an hour, a couple of hours ago, I saw a couple of different blurbs that said they're thinking they may end up scrapping the entire film and reshooting without, without him. So, wow. um, which would be quite a departure. It, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Cause I, there's a couple of different ways you could play it. And I'm not sure, sure. honestly, which is the best way to go. I mean, we talked about off the air of should they, should they keep seven the way it is basically and and uh and and let him be a part of the movie and then kill off his character should they just pretend like uh like come back in fast eight and just pretend like nothing like he wasn't a part or he's no longer a part should they kill him off in the movie or just leave it be is basically the question um and i'm honestly i don't know what you guys think i'm not i'm not sure what the uh what the answer is on that yeah i think yeah, there definitely is two ways to to go about it, and I, I definitely can see them doing either way, uh, like making up a way like O'Connor got deported somewhere or something, you know, and they mm-hmm. never just never see him again at the beginning of Fast Seven, you know, like they just yeah, talk about right. it and they don't ever they don't ever work any of the scenes that Paul Walker shot for Fast Seven into it, which is probably right. why they're they're talking about scrapping it. It's not that they. Mm-hmm it's unusable or that they couldn't fix it. It's just that it'll be a better movie if they rewrite it without him, you know, instead of trying right. to fix it and Dr. Parnassus, the movie, you know, yeah. uh, you've got a, which I don't mind. I'm, I'm willing to wait another six months or whatever, if that's what it takes to right. fix it. Um, but it's, a, right. it's incredibly sad, incredibly sudden and ironic that he died in a car crash. Right. A lot of details are coming out about it. They don't know if, it was a speed thing. They think there was maybe another car involved now. Yeah. Uh, they say they were doing donuts apparently because of tire tracks. And there's a there's security camera footage today that came out that says the car itself didn't catch on fire until a minute after they crashed, mm-hmm. which is probably wow. means they died on impact, which if you've seen yeah. – I don't suggest researching it, but if you've seen a picture of the car, there's no way mm-hmm. anyone was surviving that impact. It yeah. was – 
I don't know if you've seen the episode of Mythbusters. There's one where they like park a snowplow in the middle of a road, and then they take a car and drive 100 miles an hour directly into the middle of a, this V-shaped snowplow, and uh-huh. it like basically cuts the car in two, you know, <laughs> slices sure. it right down the middle. That's what the car looked like with the tree. I mean, it was just cut right down the middle, a uh, horrible um, way to go. And man, so sad. There's a, there's a little memorial set up there at the site. And, uh, you know, the stars have been visiting it and paying their respects to, to him. And it's, well, he, people aren't going to remember him for, um, his charity work, which is, you know, what was what he's probably been devoting most of his non-acting time to since there's been so sure. much of it. Yeah. Uh, but this fast furious thing had totally reinvigorated his his charity and and that's a good thing and he was doing you know yeah. charity work when he died which is i mean if you're going to go you might as well go out doing charity <laughs> right. work you know that's yeah uh, but can you it, guys talk talk a little is. bit about um his his legacy some of your favorite Paul Walker moments in in that i i'm going to be honest i i've only seen the the 3 fast uh, 6 5 and 4 Really, that's the only mm-hmm. stuff I've really paid attention to of his. I mean, I've seen Varsity Blues, but it's been since it came out, since I saw it. Right. And uh, some other stuff. So y'all are obviously more into uh, his stuff than I am. So go for it. Well, I think the, the the you know, I'm I'm not going to – it's easy when someone passes to say, you know, I, I you know, I'm on record saying Paul Walker is the greatest American actor uh, <laughs> since, you know – anyone but but i i will say you know he's a very easy actor to watch and somebody i always enjoyed and and you know it it's tough you know it's it's tough to think about him now without the context of him passing but uh you know i just i i really liked him in these movies i liked him in in i liked him in varsity blues you know he's he was a pretty face right but it's an industry that commodities commoditizes pretty faces that's, so that's okay. It's okay to be. Right. He's a wonderful looking person. He 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 was a fine actor. He seemed like an even better person. Yeah. From everything, and uh, you know, I I really enjoyed him. He was perfect sort of uh, compliment to Diesel. Mm. Um, and so so in that way, he's unleaded. <laughs> Classic <laughs> car pun. Um, no, but he he was he was you know he was great in these movies, and he 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 was certainly an actor that you know deserved to be the level of fame that he had and he i'll miss watching him i'll miss brian o'connor's one of my all-time favorite characters totally. man. I mean, you claimed him if we if we were the gang you were o'connor man yeah so <laughs> it's true I mean, i'm dom and brian's the rock <laughs> i do work out more than either of you so. <laughs> and kent does br- drink his beer at a weird angle <laughs> that's but, right yeah <laughs> And wear black tees. I do. I only wear yeah. black wife beaters, but go on. <laughs> right. But, and, and I'll, you know, so it's tough. Brian, I'll let you talk, but I no, I, you, I can't wait for the, the O'Connor, the O'Connor funeral barbecue is going to be, if they right. do kill him off the movie, will be my most anticipated and most emotional movie scene yeah. for me, maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. No, it's, I, I agree. No, you, you hit it, Richie. It's, I don't... I, I, I'm with you. I don't. I don't want. I, I hate when somebody dies, especially prematurely, and then they're suddenly like 
I mean, it would be disingenuous for us to come on and say Paul Walker was the greatest actor of his generation, you know. But he, he yeah. So I'm not going to go there. But but by all accounts, he 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 always seemed like a genuinely nice person, uh, a good guy. Um, he was extremely good at what he did. Um, and like everybody in this franchise, we've talked before about what a pheno- phenomenon it is that this is such. The, the Fast series as a whole is such a big deal. And a big part of that is because Paul Walker and Vin Diesel truly embraced their roles and what they were doing and, uh, and made it, I, I don't know. We, we, Walker was on Letterman or Jimmy Fallon or something when uh, fast six hit theaters and, and, and Diesel has done the same thing on other shows where you can tell they don't, <laughs> it's kind of funny to them that uh, that this is such a big deal, you know, that this series is such a big deal. But they fully embrace it. Paul Walker always seemed really cool about it. Um, and I, I, I do love this character. I, I, I really do. And uh, I think Walker was the, the perfect guy for the job. So he will he will certainly be missed for us. It is funny how uh, Richard and I especially, can't you, you've come kind of late to the party, but Richard and I have been banging the fast and furious drum for for years that's yeah. that's part of the reason why we're friends is <laughs> our our shared admiration for uh for dom and and, and brian o'connor and whatnot and so um i i'm i'm extremely sad to see him go it's it's very surreal uh that he died the way that he did um and i i do hope that the series i hope they don't just write him out of the whatever it is, whether whether they whether they continue with seven as is with him in the movie, or if they come back for eight without him, um, I hope that they will acknowledge his character and therefore his his passing as you know in real life. I, I hope that they'll give. Us I'm sure. Something. Yeah, I'm sure the new. I'm sure it'll be like in in memory of uh, in yeah, memory yeah. of Paul I mean, Walker. Yeah. It, it would be it would be really weird for, to me if if they came out for Fast Eight or Seven if they reshoot or whatever and just carried on as if Brian O'Connor was never a part of the gang. You know, I, I don't know that I need him to die, you know, like in the movie. Um, but just something of, you know, I'll always miss you O'Connor, you know, something at uh, a, a funeral or a barbecue or both or whatever uh, would be, would be great. If, if Vin Diesel does not talk about how uh, Brian O'Connor <laughs> lived his life a quarter mile at a time. I think an opportunity has really been missed. So I, anyway, I hope the Walker family is, is cool with that. I don't see why they wouldn't be because the, the series really could give him a send off in the greatest way possible. Um, if, if they can all agree to do that in a, a tasteful way, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's so identified by this role. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, obviously you can't, I don't think you can have him die in a car crash, right? Right, right. That's the one thing you can't do. Right. But, yeah, like, I wouldn't mind, like, he just, he gets out of the game. Yeah. And, he, and him and Jordana, if I'm Jordana, I'm nervous right now. Mm-hmm. Now there's no reason for me to be around. <laughs> right. But, but uh, him and Jordana moved to Mexico, and they're they're happily ever, he's out of the game. Um, that would be kind of a pretty kind of cool set off send off right. to him, so that at least his character got to live because everyone's going to always identify him with that character. At least totally. the character got his happy ever after. Yeah. Um, but That's a good point. Uh, so that would be fine with me. But yeah, they have to address it at some point. I, whether or not he he dies or not, I, I 
at first I was like, well, you have to, you have to kind of kill him off in the movie. But now I kind of hope they don't. Yeah, sure. I think it would be kind of what? cool to let him live on somehow. Yeah, that's a good um, point. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. So, what is, what's going to happen here? I mean, we've we've talked so much about the Jason Statham and who else is Kurt Russell? Yeah, you know, yeah. like are they going to go that route? Yeah, still, or is, is it going to be different now? Are they going to write rewrite yeah. the script? I'm. It's just so up in the air. It's so because James Wan too. Like everything yeah. was kind of pointing to this being kind of a darker Fast and Furious movie, like a mm-hmm. revenge movie. The tone was going to be a little darker. Now it's kind of like, can you do that? Um, you know, I, you can always do the thing where Walker really wanted to make this. This was the movie he wanted to make, so we're going to make it. Right. And we're going to make a couple changes, but we're going to keep. You know, we're going to go. You know, they didn't make they didn't make the Dark Knight any more friendly and fun after Ledger died. Right. Um, and so you know, maybe they'll still do it as they, how they plan it and, and work around. His areas plot wise, I, I really don't know. It's it's such a such a shame, man. This yeah, it's for, a lot, heard of, there was for a, a lot of reasons. Most of all, let's not lose sight. Yeah, for his family and, yeah. and friends. Right, um, right. You know, it's it's <laughs> as much as we love these movies, which is a lot. It's it pales in comparison to uh, to obviously what they're going through, where the movie's not even not even on their radar yet, nor should it be. And uh, in our since at the podcast, we we rarely have a serious moment. Uh, but our sincere, serious condolences go out to all those uh, who were who were close to Mr. Walker, and uh, we we couldn't be more sorry for your loss. It is it's kind of um, sad to think about what kind of stuff Paul Walker could have done later in his career, you know, because these Fast Five and Six revitalized his career in such yeah. a, a big way. Uh, he's got a couple more films coming out that he already has shot, so we'll at least get to see what. You know what he has to offer us uh, in the next few months, but man, it's uh, you 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 know like Heath Ledger probably might not ever have done something better than the Joker. You know that even sure. even if he had done a lot of great little indie picks or, or whatever, he probably would have gone down as the Joker forever. You know, and you you just don't know what Paul Walker uh, could have done. And that's you know it's always sad when you when somebody goes before their time. I think that's sure it's never good. So yeah, definitely um a sad sad moment here on the uh, Mad About Movies podcast. If you're a if you're a fan, you definitely do like Richard said. Know how much uh, we like those movies and care about those people and characters and uh, stories. And you know it's just uh, we have a lot of emotions invested into it. So it's sure it's good to it's good to let your emotions out sometimes and. Uh, and all that. So yeah, R.I.P. Paul Walker, and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time we mention his his name on this show. And totally. um, oh, definitely a good a good man, and nothing but good things to say about him, really, honestly. And that's not easy when you're a teen star, you know. It's uh, yeah, it's not a. Just ask, you know, I don't I don't know who's who's Corey Feldman or whatever. So you know, not, <laughs> sure. there you go. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to mention? Any movie news that's been going on? Man, I haven't I haven't seen anything. I feel like this the the Paul Walker thing is just really I mean, taking over the as it should, uh that side of the uh the news spectrum for me. Yeah, it's funny how many Paul Walker fans I didn't know I had on my Facebook account. <laughs> sure. Yeah. A hundred people OMGs all over yeah. my news feed the next morning. Uh, yeah. but Man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, sad. Um, 
to see him not involved in, in fast anymore. I just can't believe we're never going to get O'Connor again. I know. It's just, I know. That's terrible. That's that's how I felt when Steve Jobs passed away. I was like, I can't believe I'm never going to see another keynote. He's never going to walk on the stage and give us another you know iPhone or whatever. That was mm-hmm. such, so cool, those moments. Man, I loved O'Connor. Sad, sad. Oh, okay, let's move on. So another one of our, our favorite franchises on this podcast, Brian and I, I know for a fact, it's one of ours, the Jurassic Park franchise. Uh, yeah. They're... they're Talking more and more and more about Jurassic World that's due out in a, in a few years here. Last we heard, it was Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah Brolin. And that's who we talked about. about. Were they talking to Idris or Idris, Idris Elba? How do you say and, that? And Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So it was Brolin and, and Idris Elba is who we, who we had discussed before. But it, now the news has come out that uh, Brolin's out and replaced by oh. Chris Pratt. From Parks and Rec. What? Yeah. Man, and, that guy uh, is everywhere these days. Yep. So, what, first, what do you guys think about that? And I have another thing to say about this before we before we move on. But what do you Why guys think about the, Pratt joining Jurassic World? I mean, maybe the people... I don't know. Like, they, maybe they kind of... Maybe this means that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is good. Like, they saw some screening of it, but he handled the kind of action stuff well. I don't know. That's really weird. He's yeah. so comedic to me. Like I could see him in a comic book movie if it's kind of silly, but I don't really see. Well, him what, like what a... the footage we've seen of Jurassic World or the teaser is definitely lighthearted. It's definitely not the dark uh, tone of the of the originals. It seems like was it lighthearted or was it just bad? It was like Piranha. <laughs> it was just like yeah, cheesy gore, you know. And I would say like a movie like Piranha is lighthearted. You know, yeah, no, no, one, no one's taking it. it serious, you know? That's not what Jurassic Park needs to be for me. No, I don't, no I don't definitely know. not. I, I don't want that for my Jurassic Park. And yeah. the other person I wanted to mention who might be attached, Jason Schwartzman as well. Weird. This, I'm already <laughs> so it's gonna be. I'm not seeing this movie. It's going to be <laughs> Chris Pratt as the Sam Neill and Jason Schwartzman as Goldblum, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Count count the rich man and, and Idris one. Elba as Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not looking so good, guys. I I would really like for a, there to be a good Jurassic Park sequel. It doesn't sound like great. I, I'm fine with Chris Pratt. Um, I think he can be very good in a non comedic role. Uh, he's he's really good in Zero Dark Thirty. Um, and that's pretty. That's a, that's a fair point. And he uh, he was really really good in uh, in Moneyball like yeah he, oh yeah I mean he comes okay. the show and that's like a semi comedic role but I assume that this will be kind of similar to well maybe not similar but I don't think this is going to be like deathly serious tone so I, I'm fine with that I just think this whole thing just seems like a uh, a bad idea to begin with and. It doesn't seem like the execution is. I don't know. Maybe our entire opinion of this movie has been tainted by that god awful uh, <laughs> sizzle reel that we that we saw. Yeah, I, surely yeah, that definitely. Movie, movie had not that maybe when it, the grand scheme, when it's all said and done, like it will have literally nothing to do with the movie. It was just a hey, look what we can do with the Mac, you know. But gosh, it looks so bad that I think we're all soured on it just because of that. Absolutely. Yeah, it did, it did not look good at all. There's an article out. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to read to read it, but the director Colin Trevorrow, who we were all behind, I believe, 
directing this yeah. film. He he sort of explained himself. I didn't read the article, like I said, but it he he, he says it's not a reboot. That there is going to yeah. be some sort of canon involved here with the first three, which how can you not? I mean, uh, how right. can you name it Jurassic anything and not be a part of the canon? Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, it's it's nerve wracking and it's depressing the news we've heard. But who knows? You know, maybe like like Richard said, maybe Guardians is awesome. Maybe Chris Pratt is like the new. I don't know, Tom Cruise or something like who, you know, like yeah. the new action star yeah, that's, that's going to, that's not a bad comparison. It's actually. about time for I, like a new Matt Damon or somebody to come along. That's going to, uh, mm. sort of carry a franchise or something because I mean, it's been a while since we've gotten sort of, I mean, Hemsworth, I, mean, I guess you could say he's sort of a, uh, an, a new action star in the past five or so years. It's been, been established. Yeah. So Pratt's Pratt's on his way. I would say, and um, yeah, he's, he's definitely – he has charisma. He's enjoyable. You mm-hmm. know, people mm-hmm. seem to like him. He's, he seems like that guy next door type of, you know, uh, just friendly dude, um, really likable person. So, well, you know, I'm willing to take a chance on anything he does so far because he was great. Like you said, he was great in dramas. He was great in Parks and Rec. So, yeah. And um, so he can do it all as far as I'm – as far as I've seen yeah. so far. So this be – Go ahead. I said Andy Dreyer is one of my favorite characters ever. So, totally, yeah. yeah. A little depressing totally. hearing that Schwartzman's involved and in Jurassic World's not going to be directed by Wes Anderson. Yeah. I thought that would have been. I would love pretty it. stylistic and awesome. Can you imagine the dinosaurs come across the screen and they're just like hand paper puppets? Yeah, they're paper mache. Paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trees are all like them. recycled Christmas trees and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. all plastic and great. I love it. <laughs> There's an underwater dinosaur that just looks like the whale in Life Aquatic. Just... <laughs> and everything's just cross-sectioned out, and then he just pans yeah. between rooms, like a giant cross-section. He can make that movie for like ten grand. He totally could. <laughs> Hopefully. Claymation dinosaurs, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. matter of fact, like, did you say there's dinosaurs? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Like really flat dialogue. <laughs> Gosh, I really want this to happen now. Oh. Bill Murray shows that up midway be, through. Yeah. yeah, Bill Murray's in there every year. <laughs> Wes Anderson should make his his film, whatever film he's going to make that year, or that three years or whatever. But every year he should also be required to <laughs> completely remake a uh, whatever a big blockbuster from that year. It's just every year picks a blockbuster, remakes it in his style. Like word for word. Like the the entire thing is the exact same except it's a Wes Anderson movie instead of a Zack Snyder movie or whatever. <laughs> I, I, would, uh, I would thoroughly enjoy that every year. I'd much prefer Wes Anderson's I'm not even kidding. A Wes Anderson Superman movie might actually be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No the, only way to, the only way to do it is just to totally go off the deep end with it. Can't yeah. be worse than Snyder's. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it can. It could be uh, <laughs> Brian Singer's. <laughs> hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. 
I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, that's enough. Let's uh, let's talk about Dallas Buyers Club. They got good meds out of Mexico. It's better than what you can get here in the States. This is protein, totally non-toxic. And you can't buy this in the USA? Not approved. You could be making a fortune off of this. Okay, guys. Where do we begin with this one? I, so, I think I mentioned on the show a couple months ago when I first saw the trailer for this. I was like, man, just it's... The year of McConaughey continues. This guy is just blowing my mind. I don't understand where this came from. All of a sudden, he's just um, pulling these performances out of his the deep depths of his soul. Like he's a different. He's literally a different person than he was he for is. the past twenty years. It's just incredible yeah. how I don't know if he just woke up one day and was like, "Hey, I think I want to take this acting thing a little serious." Um, I mean, I feel like. In every film prior to Mud and prior to um, Dallas Buyers Club, other than arguably um, Sahara, you're just getting Matthew McConaughey. I'm just kidding, not in Sahara. You're just, you know, you're just. <laughs> y'all, didn't, y'all didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't go with you on that at all. Yeah. Wasn't the Turning Point kind of the Lincoln Lawyer? Like that wasn't a good movie, but wasn't Maybe. he like really good in that? I feel yeah. like that was that, yeah. Wasn't that like the moment where people were like, "Hey, you know what? He can kind of maybe do something." Bernie else. too. He was great in that. Yeah, that was the same year. I'm, but I'm you know what I'm saying though. Theory that I'd love yeah. to get into with you guys if you if you want. Besides besides that, we believe that he and <laughs> he and Woody Harrelson switched uh, careers like Freaky Friday style at some point. Um, I so I I've been trying to figure out for the last the last year or two because he has had so many good movies. I've been trying to figure out if he had suddenly taken acting classes and become a great actor, or if he's always been a great actor and just not put it to use. And I'm starting to come around to the idea that he is like, (laughs) 
I don't know, like the acting equivalent of Shaquille O'Neal, like a guy who has always been really good and really talented, but hasn't, doesn't always put it to use and suddenly has figured out how to get that out of himself every day, every day, every game, every, uh, every movie. And is challenging himself to take on big roles. Cause I'm looking at his, uh, his IMDb and there are, look, there's a lot of terrible movies, but you go through this and there's not quite as many bad movies as you remember. And there are a few movies and, and, and particularly performances in these movies where he's pretty good. Early on in his career, he I'm did totally about... get overshadowed by Terry Bradshaw, though, in Failure to Launch. <laughs> well, I mean, how can you not? It's Terry. He Bradshaw. was in a movie with Terry, Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw. I know, I know. I can't defend his choices. I'm just saying, we all we all love him in uh, Days and Confused in that really small random role. He's good in A Time to Kill. Um, I think you could make the case that he's pretty good in Contact. He's good in Amistad. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm down with 90s. 90s McConaughey's good. Right. He just and went off the deep end when Kate Hudson came around. Sure, sure. The the wedding... Oh, gosh, wedding planner. Uh, yeah, it's like 2000 to 2005 is garbage. And then all of a sudden, it really took a turn. So I I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I, I'd always, probably the same as you guys, I'd always thought, man, that guy's just a freaking terrible actor. There's just no, no way around it. But... Uh, I mean, obviously, he's proven us wrong with all this stuff, but I, I'm starting to look at his career a little differently than I did uh, a, a year ago. So, sorry to take us in a completely different direction. Than no, great point. Really, <laughs> really interesting. I hadn't thought about that either. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, totally. This is um, the first word I thought of, and I usually try to think of one word when I exit a film. This was definitely McConaughey's most dynamic performance. He was... Um, yeah. He, he threw everything at us, you know. He threw the kitchen sink at us, if you will. He, um, oh man, this is. I, 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 I thought for sure that Mud was like gonna be it this year for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't nominate both movies, can you? Uh, right. <laughs> you know, right. so just and he just game. won a big award for Mud as well, like uh, Gotham or New York New York City Critics or something. One of the, you know, there's all those. Tons and tons of, of smaller awards that matter, and he just won one of those for Mud. So, yeah, I mean, what do you do if you're nominating yeah. him at some point this, this year? Yeah, this character though, it's just incredibly deep, um, deep character. Like he's a uh, he's a homophobe, he's a racist, uh, but he also like really wants to help people. <laughs> so there's like this huge debate going on between all these inner demons the whole time and uh man wow incredible incredible stuff and but those are my just initial impressions we'll talk a little bit more about specifics here in a second but richard how about we give you give us um your first impressions of dallas Buyers club i loved this movie um a lot uh i have a friend that was kind of involved actually with this story in this time hmm. um uh, with that part of the world in, in the... Was it uh, the Jared Leto character? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just it's kind of like this really tragic and odd time in, in modern history where, you know, this this epidemic hits and, and you know, there's all these, you know, moral, moral and uh, 
you know, religious reasons that people are 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 scared of this um, disease, and it's kind of an underreported. You know, we've got like the Philadelphia and uh, a couple other movies, Angels in America, stuff like that. But uh, still, kind of an, something I didn't know a whole lot about that world, and, and uh, just like kind of story wise, I thought this was a really a really great movie. I thought it was a story very worthy of being told. I, I don't think anyone could argue that. Um, but, and, and no, nobody, McConaughey just, I thought he crushed this, this movie. Like you said, um, Kent, uh, this was a, a really layered and, and not always, uh, it's not like he just, you know, I was surprised even at the trailer, I knew he's kind of like a wild card kind of guy. He gets, he gets sick and starts helping people. Cause he's just like, but you're right. The character was so much more kind of twisted and dark in a lot of areas and that added a lot of uh like pathos to him and mcconaughey played those parts without any sort of fear of it and really played it truthfully and and honestly without any kind of wink or or anything like that i i, I it might have been the best performance i i saw all year guys personally i i, I don't know if I've, I've seen anything better personally for me than what he he did in that movie i, I i'm pretty i'm pretty blown away brian yeah, man. Uh, like Richard, I, I I also have a uh, a connection to to the story. My I had an uncle uh, who was very close to growing up. Who uh, we're all from the the Dallas area, uh, as we've mentioned before. But he uh, he I have an uncle who died of AIDS in ninety um, six. Wow, and uh, was you know was 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 involved in this this scene. Um, you know, around the time that, that, uh, this, the setting that this, this, uh, movie is based in. So, um, this stuff kind of rings, uh, very hits home for me, I guess. Um, and, uh, I mean, goodness, McConaughey just, uh, just crushes it. And it's a, I don't know how to say anything that you didn't just say, Richard. So I'll just say you were, you were, you were dead on. I don't, I thought he was. I just rewatched Mud. Um, I think actually the day after I watched Dallas Buyers Club, and uh, I still, I still think that might be that end up that might end up as my my number one movie of the year. Um, and he's incredible in that movie, but this is like a, this is a whole other level. Um, he's just a remarkably. Um, it, it, it's charismatic. It's um, it's very sobering. At times, it's it's a complex, layered character more so than um, and, and and to that to that front, I I say uh, director and writer did him quite a solid by giving him this character that is yeah. really difficult to play and really complex, and there's just so much going on there. Um, so kudos to them, but uh, we all know you can write a great character, and if you're if you know if the guy if your actor isn't doesn't bring it, it's not going to come to life the way it should. So, uh, he, he did just a magnificent job. Jared Leto also, I imagine we'll be seeing him. I I imagine we'll be seeing both of these guys names on, uh, on pretty much every major award list this year, even, even with Jared Leto being in supporting actor category, which we've said is, is pretty much the toughest category to get into. Um, he's, he's magnificent. The movie is is excellent. Um, the movie was better than I expected. I don't know if you guys. Uh, yeah, it's entertaining. It's a more yes. entertaining. Yeah, than yeah it, it was definitely more fun actually yeah. than yeah. I expected. Yeah. It, there's a, 
I mean, the first of it is very depressing when when McConaughey finds out that he has AIDS, mm-hmm. and the end is pretty emotional. But mm-hmm. the middle, you know, the second act is mm-hmm. is pretty fun actually. When, when it reminded me kind of of Argo, yeah, where you have these kind of serious uh, things, and then you know, kind of surrounded with a little bit of fun to make those serious things really kind of pop and and keep your attention. I mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like that in in a movie with kind of heavy subject matter. Jennifer Gardner too. Um, yeah. Speaking of Argo, I mean, uh, yeah, really, really solid. She, I always like her in these kind of little movies. Um, yeah. I think that's where she's used best. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, oh yeah, awesome. I love this movie. There, I'm I'm reading right now. There was, um, you said that Richard, you said that McConaughey was gifted this role. There was other people circling it. It was gonna be Brad Pitt, Mark Forster directing, Ugh. who ended up doing World War Z, <laughs> wow. and it was also gonna be Ryan Gosling and Craig Gillespie directing. So, can mm. you imagine Brad Pitt or Ryan Gosling in this role? I don't think I could. Uh, McConaughey was so perfect, man. Yeah, you needed that kind of. I could see Pitt doing it if he lost like forty pounds. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think like the, my and I like Ryan Gosling, but I think Ryan Gosling. It's funny because I've seen him interviewed. He seems like such a funny kind of nice guy, but he's so serious and kind of dour in all of his performances. I don't know if he really has, except for Crazy Stupid Love. Right. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Is, so I guess he could turn it on there. But, uh, yeah, I think – no, McConaughey was a perfect choice for this, man. I mean, he crushed it. Let's go back to the, to the second act. It was, it was pretty fun. My, pretty fun. My uh, favorite sequence in the film was the – priest sequence yeah. when McConaughey dresses like a priest and tries to cross <laughs> the border with the uh, drugs and has a little confrontation with the uh, uh, who is the FDA uh, yeah, food FDA, FDA. Yeah. I wanted to say FCC for a second but no we're pretty <laughs> no, familiar the with the FCC, we have, is the FCC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a very um, this is a good movie moment it was a very well written sequence and uh it was suspenseful and and all of the above and it was it was good but i liked the, the interactions between um mcconaughey and the side characters how he was trying to help all these little different people you know uh steve zahn siding guys speaking of sahara yeah. reuniting yeah. with mcconaughey <laughs> here <laughs> you think they Steve's... talked about sahara when they were on set together oh, or did believe they it or not sahara like, actually like um it was actually like number one that with its opening weekend, and like oh, it was. And I think like Sahara people, made a lot of money. I no, I think like it, critics liked it, but it made no money. That's that's what uh, that was no, what I, I don't think critics liked it, but I'll go. Yeah. I'll I know go it either go. made a lot of money or critics liked it, and it didn't. I think make it money. made like, some money. Yeah, it's got to be that because anyway, thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Check check the box office on it. All right, uh, I bet it clear. I bet it got near a hundred. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh hey. no! Budget one thirty, gross sixty eight. Oh, it's not, what you want. it's not what you want. Have you guys ever seen Sahara? Just no. dumb question. No, but here's, really a good, never here's a good one. I have it on DVD. <laughs> like it looked too much like the Mummy to me. It looked like the Mummy. Yeah, it's yeah. still uh, still in shrink wrap, but I own it. If anyone wants a uh, still shrink wrapped copy of Sahara, just email the podcast. I'll, I'll yeah. mail it to you. Yeah, nice. It's autographed by me. I'll I'll even sign it. I'll sign it for you. But Great. enough. Uh, that's our Sahara podcast, guys. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> our review. But yeah, Steve Zahn's always cool little character actor that I enjoy. 
when he shows up. He's he's fun. And I like the dynamic here where he was a cop, but and their cops were trying to bust McConaughey, but he's kind of working with McConaughey behind the scenes, getting his dad or a friend. I don't remember if yeah. a relative or a friend. Uh, the medicine. Yeah. Uh, really, really well written, and I don't know if there's any truth to that. And it might have just been for the movie's sake, but sure. I thought that was yeah. a good dynamic there. I, I could have used more of that. I think that was I totally, like yeah. one of the, the, I mean, the weaker points of a very, very good movie is... I, I mean, part of it is I just I love Steve Zahn, so I could have used a lot more of Steve Zahn in this movie. But that's you know, have you guys seen uh, Strange Wilderness? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you ever seen that? Movie? <laughs> it's, it's so bad, but man, Steve Zahn, it's dude, like, that guy's funny. I, I dig his stuff. There's definitely some LOLs in that movie. Like it's zero percent. <laughs> I know it's zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It's like. No critic would ever like it, but that movie makes me laugh more than anybody. <laughs> I laid in my bunk so many times over the past like eight years uh, watching that movie. And, man, <laughs> just falling asleep to it, it was hilarious. Um, anyway, yeah, Steve Zahn was great. Jared Leto, wow. You know, he shows up every once every 10 years and just pulls a crazy performance. He does. The, the, of, I will say that the 30 Second to Mars um, concert in the middle of this movie. <laughs> a little inappropriate. Yeah. The, I mean, like you just kind of wonder, you know, who approved that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sad that Jared Leto, you know, gave up acting to try to be Bono. You know, it because um, yeah. he's got so much talent. Yeah, and yes. I, I think he. I wonder how much stuff he gets offered. You know, I wonder like the roles he's turned down. I'd be interested to see that list because you feel like you know he's he's so talented and and famous and everything like. People probably throw offers at him all the time, and he says no, and he waits for the right ones to come along, which is good because his resume is quite strong at this point. But yeah. I agree with you, Brian. Richard, I think he'll probably get a nomination here, a supporting role. Um, he was very good, very good, and um, he lost a lot of weight as well, which should be noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always does, though, or gains it. Remember yeah. when he did the Mark Davis Chapman movie, and he was like 300 pounds? Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and no one cared. <laughs> right. Right. That's gonna yeah. be such a bummer <laughs> when you. <laughs> I guess it's worse than. I guess it could be worse. Like you could lose all the weight and no one care. At least you got to eat whatever you wanted. But it's gotta suck to pound all that on and then like yeah, one Lohan in that movie. <laughs> Gosh. Chapter twenty seven is what that's called. It's him and Lohan, isn't it? Yeah, dude. Good, good, good callback. I, I don't even recognize the <laughs> the poster for this movie. Like, why do that? That's like a movie yes. that would make it onto Redbox, and that's it. You know, like yeah. why go through that toll for that? Like, Lindsay, what, what was he thinking? He's like, oh, Lindsay Lohan's in this. Man, I got to go all out for. for like, what was he? he think, the, uh, did he think it had the potential? Dir- the director has not directed another movie, so before or after. So that's that's not great. Man, he's got a really weird resume. I'll tell you what. There's yep. there's a lot of strange. And he's like on much here. older than you think too, because all of a sudden yeah. I'll be like flipping the channel, and there's like a movie from like 1996, and Jared Leto's the lead, like Highway, right. Or yeah. something like that. And you're just like, what? The Prefontaine movie? Golly, yeah. Yeah, yeah 1971. Jeez, that's... Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Leto, Leto was strong. I, I'm i not a Jennifer Garner guy. She's fine. Um, I feel like she would be better to me if she was in more movies that had, like, shaky cam. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> like she, like I just feel like she's best utilized when like it's like a panicky situation or something. <laughs> like in a serious role, I just don't buy it. Um, I don't know why, but I think she's especially very good in she's very good in this movie. And yeah. I'm not a big Jennifer Garner guy, especially '80s Jennifer Garner with the uh, thick rim glasses and puffy hair. Didn't add yeah. to my <laughs> non-attraction to her. Right. But I prefer she's fine. I mean, she's just not. She's yeah. <laughs> she's just not my favorite person. Favorite. She's actress. Not, yeah. She's not somebody I want as a leading uh, actress. But these like catch me if, I can, if you can. She's really yep. good in and that one little scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Juno. Um, if she's your like fourth person, um, you know, on your on your fourth build actor or actress, like that, she does a yeah. good job in a small role. I, yep. I would say. So what um, what else about this movie, Brian? What did you like about it? Did you specific you know, scenes? I, I I enjoyed watching the 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 internal battle going on within McConaughey's character as it uh, plays out on the screen. Um, like I said, a very complex character, and there's as you mentioned at the the, the start, Kent. You know, he's, he's homophobic, he's racist, he's um, kind of a miserable dude in a lot of ways. Um, and even as he's helping people, uh, for the majority of the time, he's he's you know, it's it's selfishly helping people. It's only helping them if as long as they have money to uh, to pay him for his services. But then at the same time, he's he's uh, very caring towards uh, Jared Leto's character, who clearly has never had anybody care for him in his, you know, in his life. Um, so it's, I, I really enjoyed the, the relationship between those two characters. Um, I thought Leto and, and McConaughey played well off of each other. And, uh, you know, I, th- I, I thought the uh, director did a, did a really good job of, uh, of setting up each, uh, phase in his life, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and, and as we, I don't know, you, it never. You're, you're watching a, a, quite a transition, and it takes place over the span of seven years. The movie does, and so when you get that, a lot of times it's why it's part of why I don't like uh, biopics is because you you just feel like you're. Um, it doesn't feel like a smooth transition ever. It just feels like well, here's one scene of his life, and now here's another scene from three years later, and now here's another. You know what I mean? And and this doesn't have that feeling. It because uh, it's not really a biopic, but it's got the same. Uh, Bones is a biopic. Anyway, uh, I, I thought he did an excellent job of uh, carrying that stuff over throughout the film, and so he never loses any of its uh, any of its appeal. Totally, I I love the direction in this movie. Mm-hmm. I want to say I, I enjoyed the. Yeah, like what you else said, has he done? What else has this director done? You know, he's an international guy, um, okay. and I don't. And, the young Victoria kind of rings a bell, but I, I I know I've never seen any movie that he's ever done. Um, it was good. It was very well yeah, directed did movie. Excellent job for sure. But it was just a really really good direction. I like the I like the high pitch noise for like when he was mm-hmm. he would mm-hmm. have a stroke or a heart attack or whatever was going on there. Um, man, really 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 good direction here. I just. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. the the the, I, the bathroom stall scene. I don't know if you guys remember that, where where McConaughey like goes and shoots up in the stall, yeah, yeah, and then like passes out or something. I just I just like wrote a note as I was watching it. I was like, I had like put a star next to that because I was just blown away by what he was doing. And the, 
like he was like convulsing and like I've never seen McConaughey like go all out like that before. Yeah. In a movie. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just show that five seconds alone in the Oscars and they'll give him the award. You know, like uh how they have to pick a five second clip to show on the broadcast. Like yeah. good yeah. grief. Golly. Um so Do you guys think he could really win for this? I don't I told I I I think Chiwetel is gonna be Trilogy of Four for Twelve Years a Slave is going to be strong. I'm hearing. I mentioned earlier Wolf of Wall Street. um, In a couple earlier podcasts, we've been anticipating that one. Reviews are coming out, and apparently, it's like a masterpiece or something. Right. Yeah. They're saying DiCaprio just is insanely good in it, and he got a standing ovation at uh, one of the screening early screenings, and. Jonah Hill is apparently for, amazing at it too. So I've, I mean, those I've are going to be two strong ones to face off against McConaughey and Leto. And I, I have a feeling Christian Bale too for American Hustle. Yeah, but, um, but it's good to see something finally go Leo's way. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> I think. I mean, if the, Leo needs an Oscar, man, and like, come on, if he, how many more Scorsese films does he have to do to get one? <laughs> like, he's he's the most. Um, Arguably the most uh, unrewarded actor out there. Maybe. Yeah. He's you, up there. You could say there's sure. Brad I mean, Pitt's Depp up there too. Johnny Depp win for greatest white makeup. <laughs> I hope Johnny Depp never wins an Oscar. <laughs> he does not deserve an Oscar to me. He just does not. Um, maybe if he pulls a performance that Finding deserves Neverland an Oscar, really he will. But... I always thought he should have won yeah. for Finding Neverland that year. Because yeah. it was kind of a weak year, I think. Yeah, that's what, they should be able to go back and take away other Oscars and give extras in a particularly <laughs> good year. Like, yeah. hey, uh, McConaughey and DiCaprio are both just so incredible <laughs> this year. We're taking the Oscar from the guy who won for the artist. Sorry, that movie sucks. We changed our mind. We don't know what we're thinking. This is inarguable, Brian. Yeah, it's factual. I know what you're going to say, and I, I can't argue. You're right. It, you cannot argue with it. Okay, and don't take this from me. The (laughs) Artist is the best silent film of 2011. How do you know, Richard? Have you seen all the silent films made in 2011? I believe I have. And and The Artist is, without fail, and without argument, the greatest silent film of 2011. And and nothing can take it away from that. (laughs) No, that's a good idea, though. It's like... uh, you know what, guys? Maybe, maybe around the world in eighty days is not better than two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. not. Maybe we'll just take that Best Picture Oscar and give it to The Social Network because that was a pretty good movie. That <laughs> needs to be or Pulp, Fic- or Pulp Fiction and Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Good idea. <laughs> they should be able to take away Oscar. Give it a ten-year window. After ten years, they have the, they have the opportunity to take it away if it doesn't stand. I mean, look, you can keep the trophy, but in the books, it's yeah. going down. As you did. It's like Red Bush with the, the high <laughs> asterisk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, anything else you guys want to mention about about Dallas Buyers Club? Go see it. Yeah, yeah, really good movie. This is yeah. definitely going to be a uh, this is going to be a movie that you're going to hear a lot about. I, I, I would assume as we get. Closer, closer to actual, you know, award seasons. The the stuff that the the casual moviegoer pays attention to. So, totally. Um, well, my grade, I'm gonna give it a solid A. It was it was very more enjoyable than I actually anticipated. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I I went in 
I knew it was going to be a strong subject matter, but I didn't expect to walk out saying, man, I enjoyed – it's like 12 Years a Slave, you know. Uh, I, I really just thought it was, it was just a very well done movie and acting, would, directing, all all aspects. So. I would say that this is, while maybe not as on the whole good as 12 Years a Slave, definitely more rewatchable. Oh, so, totally. Like if this I, movie I, I don't, I'm, I'll, I'll never see 12 Years a Slave again maybe. No. But um, – uh, but this uh, this is a movie where you would think it's one of those, but I could actually find myself watching this movie really at any given time for the next couple sure. of years. Yeah, uh, great, Brian. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going. In, I'm going in A, and uh, this would be man. This is up there for as far as uh, what I would say is you know the top ten movies of the year at this point for sure. Richard, uh, I'm going to go A as well. Awesome. And, and, all right, I'm right there with you, Brian. I kind of want to see it again because I think it'll help me think my way through it a little more. Mm-hmm. I'll, I would totally see it again. I'll, I'm down to see it if you guys want to go. Uh, but let's move on, guys. Let's do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Okay, I'm going to recommend a YouTube video this week. It's actually a, a mashup of trailers. Um, somebody had, has taken movie clips and edited them together. Uh, this cool little little mashup set to music of all the trailers from 2013. Uh, nice. It's about a five-minute video, but it's very, very well done. Really, really good editing. And they take advantage of pretty much every film that is, uh, has been released this year. And it's in high definition, really good quality uh, of video. So check out our... our um, website madaboutmoviespodcast.com just click weekly recommends to to check it out but it's really really cool and it's just I watched it and I was just like man what a great year for movies you know and if you're listening to this podcast in 2014 15 uh, or 16 a year, years later it's still gonna it's still good to go back and say like man 2013 was a really good mo- year for movies just kind of check out this um, this video it's sort of a recap of the year in cinema so far and uh Really well done. So check it out. It's only a little five Sweet. minutes out of your day. So that's my recommend, Brian. Sweet. Yeah, I was. I had something else in mind uh, that I was going to recommend, but as we were talking about uh, Dallas Buyers Club, uh, another movie. The, the movie reminds me of another movie that I love, and I. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch it up. Um, my uh, my rec- my weekly recommend this week is a movie called Fifty Fifty that came out uh, in 2011. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. Um, I wish that it was on Netflix so I could send everybody to watch it, but it is not. You're going to have to seek it out, unfortunately. Um, but it is uh, it's it's written and er, yeah, it's uh, directed by Jonathan Levine who uh, did uh, Warm Bodies earlier this year and a couple other little things that are really... He's a very good director, um, kind of an up-and-comer. And uh, it's his... Uh, it's the semi-autobiographical... Excuse me. It's the bi- semi-autobiographical tale. Is that right? Woo! Of the uh, writer who, uh, at a very young age, got, uh, you know, in his, his early 20s, got cancer and uh, had to had to kind of go through all that. And uh, so... Dallas Buyers Club reminded me a little bit of it. You get some of the similar, a very similar, not quite as physically demanding performance from Joseph Gordon-Levitt that uh, that McConaughey gave, gave in Dallas Buyers Club, but the same you know kind of uh, of performance. Uh, he's he's incredible. It was uh, I think it was my my number two movie of the year in 2011. It will it, it's funny, it's entertaining, it'll break your heart at the same time. Uh, just a beautiful little movie, and uh, I, I try to get uh, people to watch it anytime. I get the chance. So, uh, 50-50 is my weekly recommend this week. Yeah, that's a movie that I 
I don't really think about when I think of George Gordon-Levitt's roles. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's he's definitely more known for for other stuff. But I feel like that movie deserves more recognition. <laughs> it deserves more recognition than it, it that it got. It does. I, I totally like. agree. Yep. It did get a nomination, I believe, for best screenplay, uh, original screenplay, yeah. back in the day. But it didn't. Uh, it didn't win, of course. But it was definitely an underrated film. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think it made my top my top ten that year. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to go back and look at at my list from that year. But man, what a strong movie and uh, great recommend, Brian. Thanks, uh, Richard. Yeah, I'm gonna. I watched some uh, movies with the fam over the holidays, and uh, uh, of all the Tyler Perry movies, I would. <laughs> <laughs> what if we went in this really weird place? Uh, no, we watched. I was texting you guys, man. I love about a boy so hard. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if I ever recommended on this pod. For some reason, I'm starting to think I did, but now I think I didn't. I don't know. I can never remember what I recommended. I haven't seen it, but I haven't seen it in quite some time, and uh, it's just. Such a good, uh, such a good script, and Hugh Grant is so randomly good in it. Kind of like a McConaughey with when Mud came out, where we're just yeah. kind of like, "Oh, you can do this. Why don't you always do this?" Right. Um, but uh, such a funny, funny movie. It holds up really well too, even though it doesn't seem like it. What it, it holds up? Dick Ordway's a really good writer, and uh, and Tony Collette's incredible in the movie. And uh, uh, Warm Bodies Kid, when he was a kid, is in it. I forgot his name. The one that was uh, dating uh, your girl. Uh, Hunger Games. Um, right. Yeah. Nick, what's his name? Crud. Uh, Aaron Johnson? No. The. Oh, yeah. Nicholas. Uh, Holt. 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 Yeah. Holt. Yeah. 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 That kid. When he was a kid. who's a really cool kid performance. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really like, I love that movie. Probably one of my top five movies of all time. So wow. go see it if you've never seen About a Boy. I love About a Boy. So uh, do so. Good, good one. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Me too, um, man. I think I've got it. You could just on DVD. You could just you could just borrow it, dude. Because you, yeah. you like, it, especially now, like older. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I did that. I watched that movie over the summer and did a research paper on it. Actually. Well, I'd love uh, to read it. Yeah, can, me talking paper. about that and Notting Hill and a bunch of and uh, four weddings and a funeral. I think a lot, this, of, that, a lot of Hugh Grant over my, in my summer. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you were over there. I I mean, yeah. the Richard Curtis stuff is oh, fine. So good. Yeah, and 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 uh, uh, Love Actually is great, and About Time, the new one, which Brian and I both liked, and Four Weddings and a Funeral stuff. But I think this is a little deeper than those. Totally. Yeah. Um, has more less. I mean, it's it's not. It's got a darkness to it. Uh, uh, the Hornby Hornby is probably a little bit of a darker writer than Curtis is. So, um, and then it's randomly directed by the guys that did the American Pie movies. <laughs> it's just really weird. Those brothers. That's uh, funny. It's super odd, but uh, anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a great Hugh Grant. I think he got a Golden Globe nomination that year. He really should have gotten an Academy nomination because he's freaking awesome in that movie. It's it's a performance like that's just so good and out of left field that I, I don't really know i we should we should that's what he should be always be remembered by because apparently he's going to continue to do terrible romantic comedies <laughs> yeah nice absolutely anyway watch it I brian agree. yeah just watch about a boy soon man i'd love to see your thoughts on it yeah a, definitely 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 um brian gill let me ask you this where can i find you online 
You can find me on Twitter at bgill 12 or you can find my writing at canbabystreetredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. Kent, if I were to search these interwebs for you, where would I find young Kent Garrison? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find our show on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Um, find all our episodes on there. Find Luke Recommends on there. Contact the show on there. And head over to iTunes and give us a review. Um, please. That'd be awesome. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week? Nope. Big week's coming up. Absolutely. Man, Christmas is around the corner. A lot of podcasts coming out soon, guys. So stay, stay tuned to that website for all things cinema. And on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bug. Mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill the bars. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. If you're in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bug. Mama, I got what you need. If you need to fill the bars. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. If you're in the getting rough. When I pull up out front, you see the bins on do. Uh-huh. When I roll 20 deep, it's always drama in the club. Yeah. Now that I roll with Dre, everybody show me.